begin with verse 20. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, set your face toward Sidon, and prophesy against her, and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Sidon, and I will manifest my glory in your midst, and they shall know that I am the Lord when I execute judgments in her, and manifest my holiness in her. For I will send pestilence into her, and blood into her streets, and the slain shall fall in her midst. By the sword that is against her on every side, then they will know that I am the Lord. And for the house of Israel, there shall be no more a briar to drink, or thorn to hurt them among all their neighbors who treated them with contempt. Then they will know that I am the Lord God. Thus says the Lord God, when I gather the house of Israel from the peoples among whom they are scattered, and manifest my holiness in them in the sight of the nations, then they shall know, then they shall dwell in their own land that I gave to my servant Jacob. And they shall dwell securely in it, and they shall build houses and plant vineyards. They shall dwell securely when I execute judgments upon all their neighbors who have treated them with contempt. Then they will know that I am the Lord their God. Sidon is a uh, was a community. I don't know if there's a modern Sidon or not. There's a modern fire. Um, very interesting to look at. I'm assuming there is a, a place where the ruins of Sidon are. It's 25 miles closer to Israel on the coast. Um, it was considered a, something of a twin uh, city. The um, text that we have uh, describes it under the same judgment of the surrounding nations that have already been judged, but it doesn't give us a great detail as it does in the other cases as to why, um, other than the constant refrain that God executes punishment <clears throat> for his own glory. God executes judgment on the nations to demonstrate that he is God. Again, there's this repeated refrain uh, that they will know that I am the Lord. It's so important for us to keep that constantly in our minds when we read through Ezekiel because so much of it is so difficult. It just strains our consciousness to look upon this constant theme of God judging the nations, including his own people, for their rebellion against him. God is not the author of evil. But he is sovereign over evil. Now that almost seems like a contradiction, 
but it is true. No matter what else you understand about the Bible, uh, you we have this truth driven in through the providential unfolding of history. And that's why the doctrine of the sovereignty of God, that he is absolutely in control over everything, including the motions of the devil and, the, and his minions themselves, which he calls them, we learn from the book of Job, he calls them, that they are at his beck and call, they assemble at his command. When we understand this, we start to understand how God has glorified himself most of all in the gospel. This man, Jesus, crucified according to the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God by your sinful hands. This is, um, this gives great glory to God. This is why the gospel is such truly good news to all who receive it by faith. Because if we have received the glorious good news by faith, we know that we get to participate in this knowledge of God that leads to his eternal glory, and it leads to the security of our faith. Uh, it's the only answer. To the question and the problem of evil. Um, the execution of the Son of God uh, to satisfy the justice and holiness of God. Crucified at the hand of wicked men is what glorifies uh, God. And so when we, when we read the Old Testament, we must read back with the knowledge, the full knowledge that we have now of the gospel. And that, that, again, it's such an important uh, issue. Um, Ezekiel is to proclaim that he is against Sidon, just like he was against their sister city Tyre and the other surrounding nations, including Judah itself. I'm against you, but I will be glorified through that's, that's the first point. The second point is more pronounced than in other places in Ezekiel. You have this glorious promise of restoration. Thus says the Lord God, when I gathered the house of Israel from the peoples among whom they are scattered, and manifest my holiness in them in the sight of the nations, then they shall dwell in their own land that I gave to my servant Jacob. God is pleased to glorify himself, not only by judging and scattering his people, but by regathering them to the land. Our, our tendency as modern believers is to read quickly back, uh, read our present history uh, back into this passage and say, of course, this is 1948 when the Jews came back and the, the uh, uh, Israeli state was uh, formed, and to look at that. And that is, I, I believe, without a doubt, one of the fulfillments of this, but I think it is only a partial fulfillment. And it leaves out the 
uh, certain fulfillment that is recorded in the scriptures when uh, the Jews were allowed to return from Babylon. And we have the books of Ezra and Nehemiah that describe that return. And so there's this glorious fulfillment of that prophecy immediately within the scriptures. Um, we could say it needs no further fulfillment than that. But uh, God in his providence has shown us in, in modern history even, he's still not done with the Jewish people and their land. And it is absolutely essential for that. And it says here that he's going to gather them there and they are going to dwell in the land that he promised Jacob. And they're going to dwell in it securely. And they are going to build houses and they're going to plant vineyards. And then they, the, the judgments on their neighbors who treat them with contempt. And again, with a purpose that they will know that I am the Lord, their God. This is a, a very similar uh, uh, promise to the one uh, that he made hundreds of year, years before to Isaiah, about a hundred and a half years before to Isaiah. And Isaiah chapter 11, um, verse 11, he says, in that day, the Lord will extend his hand yet a second time to recover the remnants that, re that remains of his people from Assyria, from Egypt, from Pathros, from Cush, from Elam, from Shinar, from Hamath, and from the coastlands of the sea. He will raise a signal for the nations and will assemble the banished of Israel and gather the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. And praise the Lord, we live to see that fulfillment as well. But it's, I think sometimes the tendency, I know, I mean, it is an obsession that people have, people of the book, we love the book, we love the Bible, we love the Jewish people, and rightly so. But it is an obsession that often overlooks the fulfillment of the most important prophecy of all, that Messiah will come and he would fulfill everything. And that the Jewish people's restoration depends upon their relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ <coughs> as much as ours does. And we must never forget this. In an interesting turn, I mentioned uh, the uh, gruesome death of Agrippa, Herod Agrippa, in Acts, uh, I think it's 12 uh, or 11, you can look it up, um, where he, he is in Tyre, and uh, the people seek to worship him, and he accepts the worship, and immediately he is struck dead. I uh, mentioned that this morning in connection with um, um, the king of Tyre. But here, I want to point to another fulfilled prophecy from here in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 15. Um, and I think we skip over where this lady's from when we read this because it's such a dramatic healing. It says in verse 21, And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. You see that? 
And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. And he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came down and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered her, O woman, your faith, great is your faith, be it done for you as you desire. And she and her daughter was healed instantly. For God's purpose in judging Tyre and Sidon, which they were certainly judged, will be fully understood only in, in glory, but, but we see here a partial understanding of how God's mercy will be not only for Israel that is gathered in, but to the lost people of Tyre and Sidon and their generations, their future generations as well. It is a reminder of our responsibility that God has, God has given us a responsibility to preach the gospel to everyone, to the Jew first and then to the nation. And to remember, remember the promise that the Apostle Paul talks about in Romans 11, that their being cut off has resulted in us being engrafted in. And then one day, they will be re-engrafted, and the result is going to be blessings for the nations. That's why missions are so important, and our outreach uh, to uh, the nations is so important, because it's a part of the fulfillment that we get to participate of scripture that we get to participate in. And when we stake our actions and our support and our sending and our going on the scriptures, we always have such good promise of success. Um, it has been a, a faith, I, you know, I know uh, I've, uh, at times I complained about going through um, um, Ezekiel, and I shouldn't complain, but it's been a great joy for me at, at, to go through these passages and trace them back to their fulfillment and their and their present application. And it's a, it's such a glorious uh, affirmation of the, the infallible, inerrant word of God and the, the promise that was given to Joshua that not one of his words would fall to the ground without being fulfilled. And what a joy to see this scripture that we have before us tonight fulfilled and being fulfilled and that we are participating in, in it uh, and get to forever for those who are in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Father, we do thank you for your word tonight and, and what a joy it is to have it read and have it uh, expounded and applied to our lives and we ask that you would do this for us now in jesus name amen <laughs>